Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Well, hey everybody and welcome to Thrive Online and welcome to part two of Fight because your blank is worth it. Today the blank is because your freedom is worth it. Now, Candace and I have been watching a series on Netflix called Homeland. It's about a U.S. Marine, a soldier, and this poor guy is held captive for eight years by the Taliban. Can you imagine being held captive for eight years? Well, one day he gets set free in this incredible raid by his fellow U.S. Marines. And he comes back to America. He's reunited with his family after eight years. Very moving scene. They thought he was dead. All of a sudden, not only is he alive, but he's free. Physically free, that is. But of course, emotionally and mentally, he's still very much captive. His mind constantly replays his captivity. And he's no longer a physical prisoner, but he is still very much captive mentally and emotionally. What, what makes the series even more interesting is that actually it appears, well, at least where we are now in the series, as though his captors and his torturers actually succeeded in turning him. In other words, he begins to work for them. He's now actually working for the terrorists and has become himself a terrorist. I was thinking about this in the context of our culture. Not only can we be held captive by our culture, by what's going on in the world, but sometimes we can actually be turned by the culture. Hey, you know the story. You've, you've experienced this. You can be on a WhatsApp group, and at first we just watch it, casually keep an eye on it. We hear all the negativity and the fear on it, but the next thing we know... It's turned us, and we start not only believing what the people are putting on the group, but we actually start posting our own negativity and our own fear on the group. Before we know it, the culture has turned us. We start to look and sound exactly like the culture around us. There is a lot in our culture that wants to hold us hostage and captive at the moment in our world. Not only our country, but our world. We can be held captive by fear, the fear of COVID, fear about the health of our family, fear about our jobs, about the economy, about the future, whether life will ever return to normal. We can be held captive by loneliness. Some of us have been so isolated, paralyzed by fear that we haven't been out. Young people, moms and dads who've isolated themselves and their families out of fear. Hey, we can be held captive by frustration, Frustration at this pandemic, at the fact that it happened in the first place. That's me. I'm frustrated at that. At the way some people respond to it. Hey, we can be frustrated at government's response, at, at the response of people who don't wear masks, at, at not being able to live normally. We can be held captive by anger. Anger at government's decisions, at the fact that you can't buy ciggies or alcohol. Anger at people who don't seem to care about health. Anger at taxi drivers who don't stick to the rules. Listen, there's a lot to be angry about. We can be held captive by grief. Grief at the loss of jobs or income or the loss of loved ones or the loss of something you were looking forward to or the loss of your normal, your dreams, your business. Just this past Saturday, I spoke with someone who lost their mom, not to COVID, but to other health complications. He said to him, it felt like a lighthouse had gone out. You know, that person who always helped him navigate the dangers of life, now she had gone. 
put them all together and we have a lot of things that hold us captive. Fear, loneliness, frustration, anger, grief. And if we just let this fear and loneliness and anger and frustration happen to us, if we don't stop and think about it, think about what it's doing to us, pretty soon we will find ourselves captive. And not only captive, but actually turned by the culture. In other words, we'll start to look and speak and think like everyone else. We'll let the culture affect us negatively instead of us influencing it positively. Here's the thing. If we just let fear and loneliness and anger and frustration happen to us, this culture of captivity that the world finds itself in will swallow us up. It's not the external, but the internal that holds us captive. In Jesus' day, there was a particular group of people who were held captive by the culture. The culture of captivity had swallowed them up completely. Their lives were deeply affected by the culture of captivity because the culture was so fearful of them. And so they lived fearful and lonely and angry and frustrated. These people were the lepers. See, leprosy was a dreaded disease. It was caused by bacteria that disfigured people completely. It caused damage to the organs, the eyes, the limbs, the nerves. It was a terrible disease. Can you imagine your fingers bent in unnatural positions, several of them missing, mysteriously eaten away by this disease? Imagine your face suffering the same mysterious infection, disfigured. Well, that was leprosy. And because of their disfigurement, they were terrible to look at. And they would often cover themselves, even from their own eyes. They couldn't even bear to look at themselves. And because of this disease, they were separated socially, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally. Forced to live on the outer edges of society. Forced to rely on charity, which they had to receive from a distance. They couldn't be with their families. They couldn't pray with their community. They were cast aside to watch their disease progressively erode this themselves. Because of the fear of contaminating others, lepers were considered unclean and they weren't allowed to be in any contact with others. If anyone came near to them, they had to shout, unclean, unclean. People would even throw rocks at lepers just to keep them at a safe distance. Hey, it was lonely and it was a lonely life to be a leper. It was a life of fear, frustration, anger, loneliness and grief. Sounds like what we're going through today, but hey. Interestingly, we actually know today that leprosy isn't contagious. You know, Mother Teresa lived her whole life amongst lepers and never contracted leprosy. In fact, the first treatment for leprosy only became available in the 1940s. And did you know around 200,000 people today, still today in 2020, still get leprosy? It's just that there's a treatment for it and a vaccine. But of course, in the ancient world, there was no treatment. They didn't understand the disease. And so the culture feared it. There was a culture of captivity for lepers. Well, one day, Jesus steps into this fearful culture and he begins to turn it on its head and bring freedom. The story in Matthew 8, verse 1 to 4 is incredible. It says that after he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. Suddenly, suddenly, a leper walked up to Jesus and he threw himself down before him in worship. He said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched the leper and said, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly, all signs of leprosy disappeared. And then Jesus said to him, don't speak to anyone, but go at once and find a priest and show him what's happened to you. 
make sure to take the offering Moses commanded so that they can certify your healing. So one day, church, one man decides to fight. He decided he doesn't want to live like this anymore. He doesn't want to live like the culture has told him to live. He doesn't want to live captive to the fear of the culture anymore. Let me say that again. He doesn't want to live captive to the fear of the culture anymore. And so he decides he's lived socially distant long enough. And so he comes closer to Jesus. He takes a risk. He makes a move. And he brings his issue to Jesus. He walks up to Jesus. Listen, lepers didn't do that. And he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Lepers didn't do that. He moved towards Jesus. And then Jesus moved towards his issue. That's the thing. When we move towards Jesus, he moves towards our issue. Jesus moved towards this man's leprosy issue. Jesus did something that no one had ever done before. He reached out his hand and he touched the leper, bringing instant love and acceptance and healing to him. Jesus moved towards this man with leprosy when others ran away from him. Jesus touched him while others threw rocks at him. He shunned myths and prejudice and stigma to pour out his compassion on this man. Here's the thing, when we move towards Jesus, he can move towards the issue that's holding us captive. When society says, keep your distance, Jesus invites us closer. And Jesus never throws a rock and says, unclean, keep away. Hey, perhaps, side note, that's how you were taught to think of God. Maybe you thought you had to be perfect and on the right track and have your stuff together just to approach God. Well, I want to say to you that that's wrong theology. Jesus never said we had to be clean or perfect or have our stuff together to approach him. The only thing this man had going for him was that he was desperate. And that was enough. His desperation took him towards Jesus. And Jesus moved towards his issue. Jesus always moved towards our pain, our difficulty, our issues. All we have to do is make a move and bring it to him. Hey, can I invite us to stop for a moment and just to pause for a moment right now in this moment? And can I ask you, how are you at the moment? Is there something holding you captive that you need to make a move and bring to Jesus? Ask him to heal it. Perhaps it's grief over a loss or anxiety, fear, anger, frustration, disappointment, loneliness, unforgiveness. Well, here's the thing. This leper got desperate enough and he got determined enough. Desperation and determination led to a decision. And so he decided, I'm not letting this thing hold me captive anymore. Desperation, determination, decision. It's when we get desperate and when we get determined that we make a decision to make a move and bring our stuff to Jesus. Can I ask you today, how desperate are you? How determined are you? Because you've got to be desperate and you've got to be determined before you can make a decision to make a move and bring your stuff to Jesus. And so this leper does that. He comes to Jesus. He brings the thing that's holding him captive. He brings it to Jesus. And Jesus does something that is so profoundly important for us to realize. Jesus touches him, then he heals him, and then he instructs him. I want you to notice the order today. Touch, healing, direction. 
There's a pattern. Touch, healing, direction. Touch, healing, direction. And in each of these, Jesus brought freedom to the man with leprosy. So he touched him first, brought freedom. Then he healed him, brought freedom. Then he directed him, brought freedom. So let's unpack this. First, Jesus touches the man. Well, why the touch? Well, because the touch would have communicated deep love and acceptance to this man with leprosy. Hey, guys, can you imagine if you have not been touched by another human being for years, the thing that this man would have most been craving was some touch. And yet, nobody touches lepers in their culture. And so the thing that would most communicate love to this leper was touch, and Jesus knew that. And so Jesus was speaking his love language by touching him. Okay, the guys in our home, namely Caleb and I, we communicate love by touch. Caleb, like me, he loves touch. He and I can cuddle for hours. The ladies in the home, well, they love time together and gifts. If I try and cuddle Kate, she gives me half a shoulder if I'm lucky. She gives me the armless hug. She couldn't be bothered with hugs. However, if I bring her a gift or just sit with her and watch what she's doing, invest time into her, she feels so, so loved. We each have our love language and we each have our point of deepest emotional need. This man with leprosy had a deep emotional need for love, acceptance, and touch. And Jesus communicated that to him. Jesus met him at his point of deepest need. He spoke his love language, which was touch. The touch was not a physical need. It was an emotional need because it communicated love and acceptance. Jesus met him emotionally before he healed him physically. Let me say that again. He met him emotionally before he healed him physically. Do you know that Jesus is deeply interested in what you need emotionally and in what's holding you captive emotionally? Like the leper who was held captive by isolation and fear, he knows what's holding you captive and he wants to meet your need. He's interested in your grief, your anger, your hurt, your disappointment, your frustration, your loneliness, your despair. The question for us is whether we are desperate enough to bring it to him. So Jesus first touches the leper, communicates love and acceptance to him, met him at his point of deepest need emotionally. And the result was that Jesus' touch brought freedom to him emotionally. And then secondly, Jesus healed him physically. He brought freedom to him physically. Jesus can heal us. He can heal us instantly, and he can heal us progressively. But the Jesus that healed the leper is the same Jesus that you and I follow. He hasn't changed, church. He doesn't change. He's still the one who's able to reach down into our situations and heal them. And whether it's a physical need or an emotional need, Jesus is still the one that heals. I love this leper's faith. He goes, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you want to. Such faith. The only thing I love more than the leper's faith is Jesus' response. His response is awesome. He goes, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And guess what? He does. He heals him. Jesus' words brought freedom to him physically. So now Jesus has brought freedom emotionally by the touch of him. He's brought freedom to him physically through healing him. I feel so concerned that we don't become a people who stop believing that Jesus heals. 
You know, I can lose sight of that fact so easily. Hey, it's easy in this crazy world to lose sight of the fact that we serve a God who heals. Yeah, we listen to negative report after negative report, and we forget that there is a God in heaven who can touch us and heal us, whether it's physically or emotionally. I want to tell you a story. Recently, I felt so trapped by a situation. I felt like I had no idea what to do next. The situation, the relationship needed healing. I needed healing. I desperately needed healing. And suddenly, I realized, incredibly, I'd never asked Jesus to heal it. Can you believe it? Years and years of struggle, and I never asked Jesus to heal it. Why? Had I forgotten? I'd stopped believing that he could heal. And in one moment, the Holy Spirit pointed me all the way back to something that happened years ago. It was like a clear thought that came, like a lightning bolt out of nowhere. All of a sudden, God pointed me to the situation that needed to be dealt with. I had to go back and deal with it. It was like one single thought saying, that's the situation. That shone the spotlight onto something that had happened years ago. In that moment, healing began for me. And the healing is in the process of happening on an ongoing basis. Here's the thing. I got desperate. I got determined. And so I decided to move towards Jesus, to bring it to him. And just like the leper, Jesus started a healing for me. He can do it for you too. He wants to do it for you too. So Jesus touches the man with leprosy. That brought emotional freedom. He craved touch. Jesus touched him. That was emotional freedom. Then he healed him. That brought physical freedom. And then lastly, Jesus directed him. And that brings perhaps the greatest freedom of all, the greatest freedom of all, the freedom of not being Lord of our own lives. Verse 4 tells us this. Then Jesus said to him, don't speak to anyone, but go at once and find a priest. Show him what has happened to you. Make sure you take the offering Moses commanded so they can certify your healing. And so here's what's happening in this text. After Jesus touches him, brings freedom emotionally, heals him, brings freedom physically, he then directs him. He wants to be Lord. Jesus wants to be Lord of this man's life. He wants to be the one directing his life from this point forward. And he does the same with us. He's deeply interested in healing us and touching our lives and bringing freedom to us, whether it be physical or emotional. But he doesn't simply want to be our healer. The one who gives us physical or emotional healing, he wants to be that, but he wants to be so much more. He wants to be our Lord, to direct our lives. You see, Jesus wants to be both our healer and our Lord. Matthew Henry said, it is fit that they who are cured by Christ should ever after be ruled by him. Well, why is this? Why does Jesus want to be our healer and our Lord? I think it's because he knows that while physical or emotional healing brings freedom, and it, and it does, the greatest freedom comes when we allow him to be Lord. When we move from simply wanting Jesus to do something for us to wanting to give our lives to him. When, when we make him Lord, when we ask him to direct our lives, to lovingly rule over our lives, the greatest freedom is not being Lord of your own life. That's why Jesus could say in Matthew 10 verse 39, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. Amazingly, he doesn't say it just once there in Matthew's gospel. He says it twice. Same book, book of Matthew, but six chapters later, listen to his words again in Matthew 16 now. Six chapters later, same story. 
He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. The greatest freedom you and I will ever find in life is giving up being Lord of our own lives. Because Jesus is a kinder, more loving, more merciful, more gracious Lord than we are. The reality is, we don't make good lords of our lives. You know it as well as I do, how hard you can be on yourself sometimes, how unfairly we can judge ourselves and others, how unwise we can be in our own decision making, how cruel we can be to ourselves and others. We don't make very good lords at all. That's why Jesus wants to be Lord, because he knows he can direct your life better than you can. He knows his rule is better than yours. He knows your life is better in his hands than it is in yours. It was C.S. Lewis who said that God can't give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There's no such thing. Hey, can I say to you today, if you're thinking of staying Lord of your own life, you'll never have happiness or peace because there's no happiness or peace apart from him. And C.S. Lewis went on to say, he said, if you're thinking of becoming a Christian, I warn you, you're embarking on something which will take the whole of you. And that's why Jesus touched the man with leprosy, because he wanted to bring emotional freedom to a lonely man. And that's why Jesus healed the man with leprosy, because he wanted to bring physical freedom to a diseased man. And that's why Jesus directed the man with leprosy, because he wanted to bring the ultimate freedom, the freedom where he is Lord. What's holding you captive? Can I encourage you today? Make a move and bring it to Jesus. Ask him to touch you, ask him to heal you, and ask him to give you freedom in those areas. But can I encourage you, don't stop there. Remember that the greatest freedom we can ever have is freedom from the captivity of being our own Lord of directing our own lives. Remember, we don't make very good lords at all. Hey, church, so today I'm asking you to fight because your freedom is worth it. Can I invite you to bring your stuff to Jesus? Let him bring healing to you emotionally. You don't need to be held captive by the culture of our world. You don't need to be held captive by fear and loneliness and anger and frustration and disappointment and grief. Bring it to him. He can heal it for you. Can I encourage you to fight for your freedom physically? Can I remind you that Jesus, the one who reached down and touched a leper, is the same Jesus that lives in our lives. He is the same Jesus who desires to heal us. Let us never become people who lose sight of the fact that Jesus heals. Let us never become people who settle for ill health. Let us never become people who forget that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And if he reached down and healed a leper, he can reach down and he can heal you physically where you are today in this space. Can I encourage you to fight for your freedom when it comes to who controls your life? You and I, we don't make very good lords of our lives. And today, perhaps you're listening to this and you think, man, I've I've tried everything. I've been Lord of my own life for my whole life and it hasn't ended well. It's not going well. Well, can I encourage you? Today is the day you can decide to make him Lord. Today is the day where you can begin to make a new decision. You can put your life in his hands. He wants to be Lord of your life and he makes a better Lord than you do and I do.
If that's you today, I'd love the great privilege of praying for you. Now, I'm going to enter into a moment of prayer right now. And right where you're watching today, you can join with me. If your heart is sincere and if your heart is in this prayer, this is your decision where you're going to give your life to Jesus. And it would be my privilege to lead you in prayer to do that today. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth, walked a perfect life, lived a perfect life, healed people, gave us a picture of the healing that you long to give us. And that healing is not only physical and emotional, but it's a spiritual healing. And we become spiritually healed when we give you our lives. Today, I want to make one simple decision, and that is to make you Lord of my life. It means I'm going to get out of the driver's seat of my own life. I'm going to invite you in to take the wheel, to lead and guide and direct my life. I'm placing my faith and my hope in you to do that. I'm asking that you would not only be my healer today, but that you'd be my Lord. I do so with sincere faith in my heart. I do so with the faith that I have, knowing that you'll honor it. I ask you to forgive me for where I've gone wrong and where I've blown it. And I I ask for your forgiveness and I ask that you would start a new story with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed with me today, that was the prayer of your heart, either for the first time or perhaps you, you made a decision allowed God into your life some time back, but uh, truthfully, you've gone your own route for the last however long, and today was a coming back time, and you prayed that prayer as somebody who's coming back, almost like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. If you prayed that prayer, either for the first time or as a coming back kind of moment, we want to warmly, warmly, sincerely congratulate you. We want you to know that all across our Thrive community, People are cheering for you right now. Behind screens, they are cheering for you. Man, they are celebrating with you because that's our culture at Thrive. We love to celebrate when God does things in our lives. In order to help us, to help you take the next steps, we'd be so honored, we'd be so grateful if you would let us know that you made this decision today. We don't want to spam you. We don't want to... Uh, send you anything that's going to create additional load in your life. We simply want to give you a next step. So to do that, you could either WhatsApp us, simply the words, follow Jesus to the number on the screen. Or if you're watching on our church online platform, you can simply click the raise hand icon, which is in the bottom right hand side of your screen. But we'd love to celebrate with you and we'd love to equip you and help you to take the next steps. And we'll simply do that by text so that we can help you in your journey. Church, let's fight for our freedom. As we wrap up today, let's fight for our freedom to remind ourselves that the Jesus who reaches down to a leper touches him, heals him, and then directs him as the same Jesus that wants to reach down into your situation, touch you, bring you freedom emotionally, heal you, bring you freedom physically, and be Lord of your life, bring you freedom in your life. So come church, as we head into this week, let's fight for our freedom. Have an amazing week, and may grace and peace be yours. Take care, everybody. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. 
For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.